Coming up today on Locked On at Texas Tech, the Red Raiders are tipping off a basketball game with the Aggies sort of this weekend as we prepare for the debut season of Grant McCaslin. And we also have a football conversation spurred on by a Red Raider mother next on Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Great to be with you again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network. And thanks for making us your first listen. Today's episode brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use our code Locked On College for 20 bucks off your first purchase. With the only Chris Level, I'm Casey Cowan. Chris, great to see you once again, wrapping up a week without football up ahead, at least for the Red Raiders. We will get to what's going down elsewhere in the Big 12 Conference coming up in just a bit and also have a football conversation courtesy of a football mother. I don't know if I've ever connected those words before, but they'll make sense coming up in just a moment. But first, it's actually hoops at the forefront here today. As the rumor is, Texas Tech and the Aggies of Texas Agricultural and Mechanical University will gather for a round ball contest. And Denton, Maui Relief is the cause TV, uh uh-uh. Radio, I don't think so. But the doors are open, so not quite a closed-door scrimmage. Shout-out to you if you're going to have a chance to take it in. Should be fun, and you may even learn something. But this will be, in a way, a sort of de facto debut for Grant McCaslin as the Red Raider men's basketball head coach in front of fans. And we heard from Coach McCaslin this week previewing the Aggies I've looked at it myself, like trying to evaluate, like, how, how do we want to do this? Right. Do we do we want to do we want to try to play lineups and try to play matchups and try to f- see, learn more about our team? And, you know, there's a difference in these exhibitions. You can like, hey, I'm going to play as many guys as we can to try to get a feel. Or are we going to try to just play this game to ultimately give us the best chance to win? And I think we'll we'll merge the two. Right. I think we'll try to give some different lineups over the course of the game. But when we get to the end of it, I think it'll be real specific and how do we how do we win this basketball game so I, I think the focus is let's let's keep identifying you know different lineups and try to make sure we give a good look and then when you get to the end let's put let's put those guys out there we feel like give us the best chance to win and I think if you're going to go to this scrimmage you just have to be, understand that uh, A&M is loaded uh, they are top 15 in every poll preseason they've got I think nine guys back They've got the SEC preseason player of the year. Uh, make sure that, uh, you know, I, I, yeah, Wade Taylor. Sorry. I, I, the SEC basketball is not on the top of mind awareness right now. I've still got part of my <laughs> brain working on football. Um, they, but they've got another really good guard. Uh, that, but like I said, this was a seven seed in the NCAA tournament last year. They were 50 and three in the SEC. Uh, and and again, there's a lot of expectations here. I think the one one of the most impressive things though that I could tell you is they reportedly beat Baylor in the scrimmage. I guess about a week ago, Baylor's also supposed to be really good again. Um, and I think that uh, so my point is whatever you see that is a positive, whatever it is on on Sunday, I think you know that that really is something to to feel good about. Uh, because AM is old, they're experienced, uh, especially together, which is somewhat rare in this day and age to have like nine returners back off of a really good team. 
uh, and and they've got really good guard play. So anything that you see from a Texas Tech standpoint that that looks good or is successful or whatever it may be, I think that you can you know kind of almost feel like a little extra positive or good about it because this will not be easy for for the Red Raiders at all. And 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 I think that too. These scrimmages, I'm assuming because fans are there and all that, this is a bit of a doubleheader. I think uh, North Texas is also playing somebody too. Uh, and and I, I don't know exactly how this got put together, but I think there was a lot of um, discussion amongst this, uh, this, this, this the, the charity. I think the, you know, that, you know, c- you know, could various people put things together because of the Maui Invitational and, and all that because Maui, you know, burned, I mean, much of it. And I think even where the Red Raiders were close to staying last year is just unrecognizable because of the fires there. Um, and again, pick your charity. There's so many things or, or, you know, whatever that needs help, but this is the one that this is going to. Uh, but I think it's a, it's a good excuse to, to go to the Metroplex and play a game against a really tough opponent. I think Grant probably feels like he's in some way – tipping the cap to North Texas where he came from and they gave him an opportunity to get back in the state of Texas um, and, and all those things. And I know he's still got some relationships, obviously, with the, the folks that are now running the, the North Texas program because they were, were, were working next to him last year. So we'll see what we get, but this this is not going to be easy uh, by any means. Um, and like I said, if you win this or hold it close or whatever, but it doesn't count. That's the beauty of it. But I guess my point was going to say is, a lot of times when they're closed, hey, let's just play halves. Let's just like, you know, this one will press in this half and we won't you, – you can kind of doctor it up and kind of control it uh, as long as everybody kind of gets what they want out of it. And they're always against teams that don't – not going to play each other in the regular season. You can speak freely and share and, and, and all that with what your scheme or what you're going to do and all that stuff. But this one will be more like a real game and I think officiated like it and, and all that stuff. So we'll see kind of what we get. And we got, uh, what, November 8th tip-off, so about a week and a half, I guess, between the two? That's exactly right. Like that. um, and then that's it. I mean, yeah, they've already scrimmaged UTEP. The A&M will be their second one. You're allowed two of them. And then that, that'll that be it. Then it'll be uh, getting ready for it. But, but you learn about what – what okay, we thought this was pretty good. Because I think, I think Grant basically said, came away from that UTEP scrimmage going, we rebounded well as a team. You know, and when we got tested physically, you're really going to get tested here. And maybe your perimeter defense is tested here. Maybe you know you know some of the what you want to do on offense is tested here. Who knows? But Buzz Williams, uh, obviously widely respected in the profession, does a good job. Uh, I think that you know again a lot of expectations with this a and particular team that he's got, and they were bounced in the first round last year as a seven seed by I think ten seeded Penn State, if memory serves. So there's probably a lot of motivation uh, this year for for the Aggies and all that stuff. But it'll be a a good test. Uh, so like I said, we'll see what we get, man. Anxious to get to the real thing. Um, I, I'm, I think I'm a fan of coach McCaslin from afar. That's the only place from which I've ever observed him. Uh, <laughs> I've liked what I've heard so far, you know, obviously it's been talking season up to this point. So you get to share these messages and, and your vision and it all sounds good, but, uh, hoping for some success and, and for, just competing, I think, early in the Big 12 Conference would be a really good sign, maybe, of some things to come. But, uh, man, what's coming up around the corner, November 8th and then on, is, I, I imagine, a whole lot of – I don't want to say tinkering necessarily, but I wonder how much can be in place uh, or solidified how early with how many new pieces you have to deal with and a whole new administration. 
Yeah, you know, and, and I, I think, again, it's like last year and the year before and all that stuff. Your team will be look much different in mid to late December than it is when you're, you know, when you're scrimmaging the UTEP A&Ms and yeah. you start out on November 8th and all that stuff, especially with so many new pieces and new coaches trying to implement new cultures and styles and schemes and all these different things. Because there's going to be a lot of differences, I think, in the way that they want to do things and all that stuff. And then all the pieces are different and they're trying to gel. But I, I, I think uh, – I don't think this is like a a negative per se, but I hope – like you may be seeing with football right now, you don't ever want to hear the word patience because it's very difficult on a Saturday afternoon. There's going to be – I think we're, we're, with what you're seeing with where you're at, there's going to need to be some patience there as you're trying to recruit and get all your people in there and – and continue to stack them and all that stuff. I think there's going to be a level of that that's needed for basketball too. I just, I I don't see the overwhelming talent to be able to compete in this league at the very top end of it. And so not that you've taken a step back, your expectations are absolutely to go to the NCAA tournament and all those things. However, I think it's going to take a bit just to get their roster, how they ultimately want it, where it can contend and you can recruit and all those things and how they want to handle the portal, you know, and let his staff kind of attack Texas Tech and and and, and how the, on this job with this roster and all those things. So it's going to it's going to take, a, a, I think, a bit to get it to where they want where they want ultimately want to have it. But they'll still be very competitive in the time being. I just I, I'm just being that's just my take on it. Um, but. Uh, you still are sold out season tickets. You still expect to contend and win and all those things. I'm just telling you with what I see, I think it's going to be, uh, you know, there could be some bumps, I guess, along oh, the yeah. way here initially, yeah. just because, you know, we still, we were talking about maybe you're, you're, you're into the shot clock or, or, or your best guys are, are, are six foot guards, you know, ish, you know, and that's, that's the harsh reality. Uh, you know, whereas when you were winning a big 12 championship, it was, a it it was a uh, what Jarrett Culver? What will we say? He was what six five, six six swingman that could score on anything. And you had a a six three Matt Mooney out there on the wing, and you had a uh, you know Tariq Owens. You know, I mean, you know, when it was really good, there, there was some some NBA type guys on here, and maybe Warren Washington and Cambridge, and you know, your Darian Williams. They they are NBA type guys. We just you know don't necessarily know it yet. I'm just I'm just giving my opinion here. Uh, Villanova, Butler, Vandy, some others coming up oh, in yeah. a few weeks. So you'll have some uh, tests in the non-conference home schedule. Obviously light as far as the non-conference is concerned, but November 8th is the tip-off. It's the Aggies in Denton coming up this weekend. I'll have some thoughts on the other side, for better or worse, on what goes down. Coming up next, we're back to the gridiron, courtesy of a mother. Who's... We'll find out next on Locked On Texas Tech. First, today's episode brought to you by Game Time. And you shouldn't have to sweat it out when buying tickets to your favorite events. And with Game Time, you won't because it's always a breeze. Using the Game Time app where you're going to find killer last-minute deals, views from every seat, and their lowest price guarantee. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it begins, which means Game Time is the place to find last-minute seats for any event. The fastest, easiest way to buy tickets, and not just fast, but it's also secure and simple to use when you download the Game Time app. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time by downloading the Game Time app, creating an account, and then use our code Locked On College for twenty bucks off your first purchase. That's Locked On College, L O C K E D O N C O L L E G E, 
Locked on college for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and use our promo code locked on college for $20 off. Download the Game Time app today for last minute tickets at the lowest price. Guaranteed. On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day, always free and available on YouTube or anywhere. You get podcasts. Hope you're subscribed with Chris. I'm Casey. Let's get back to Red Raider football. It's an open date coming up this weekend. They cannot hurt us as far as we know. Let's mind our P's and Q's down there around Broadway. Bash Rip Rocks, boys. Let's stay in line. Okay, get back to the next one. That's Thursday night against the Horn Frogs. But as for some off-week consideration, Chris, this comes via the YouTube comments where we dip in from time to time for wisdom, strength, and knowledge. And this comes from not just anyone. Now, as I throw it up on the screen, you're going to see that there is a bit of uh, elaboration taking place here. So not just anybody is going to get their whole message like this up on the screen, okay? Usually I trim it up, I clean it up, I cut it down for brevity's sake. Only one of us can be long-winded. I take that job. But for this special viewer... I went ahead and left it in its entirety. Here we go. This is from Icy Fashion 5403, who will reveal her true identity in just a moment. The message says, you guys constantly try to say these wide receivers haven't stepped up, but how can they work to their potential when they don't have quarterbacks? Y'all need to stop belittling that there's no playmakers there on these podcasts. But if I'm going to vouch for one, it's my number four. That's Jordan Brown. He's always open, and when the ball comes his way, he catches it and yards after the catch. There's several dynamic wide receivers on there, but how can you see them at potential when we are struggling at QB? Jordan is still a walk-on, but has made big clutch plays since the season started. As soon as a rhythm can get going on a QB, you'll be able to see more. Jordan Brown is a playmaker, and yes, I'm his mom, and I'm sick of hearing y'all talk about all these wide receivers not being any good when they are in this position with the QB. Chris Level, I'm sharing that with you 50-50, my man. So <laughs> I'm reflecting on what she had to say. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I, I would say that at it, it, some level, she like one, I don't know if we've ever said any specific receiver wasn't any good. I think that when we, we've talked about like um, needing playmakers that they're just not like a – what I'm talking about is like – uh, and I'll get to Jordan in a second because I've had several conversations with him in, in recent weeks. But I'm talking about somebody that is good for seven to ten catches every single Saturday and, and and all those things. I also think she absolutely makes a very valid point. And I, I people, unfortunately, I don't think people, w w when we talk about, well, you got these QB struggles, they don't want to hear that. Um, and, and I and I, but I agree with you. I think it's very and, and now. With what we talked about, you know, Cowan, with yesterday's show with with Baron, you you get a better feel for why there's been no rhythm and all that stuff. So it it is hard to like judge and grade receivers when you haven't had any consistency at quarterback. But this is the way it's been, unfortunately, here at Tech for the last three to five years, mm. and, and and that's what's is as far as like inconsistent QB play because of injuries uh, and, and all those things. But, you know, Jordan, uh, I, I do think that they, you know, I, I know Zach Kitley lights up when you talk about him. I think that 
Zach, you know, has started him uh, in, in some of these games. Feels like they do give him something different. I think it's very fair for Miss Brown uh, to suggest that he is open because there's been times West Virginia, I want to say uh, BYU, I want to say even Kansas State, there, there were some deep throws were that were missed when he was open and behind the defense and – and all those things. So I think that that is, uh, that, that is fair. I mean, I'll, I'll own that criticism and I wasn't, I don't think I ever like <laughs> called out Jordan specifically. Um, he, no, he had he's just way down the list right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't think we actually single out anybody. I, I do think it's absolutely fair to, to, to take up for the wideouts because their job is solely based on how the QB plays or delivers it. I think that is in, in some ways got to be very frustrating. Yeah. I think though, that when you, you semi had a, a healthy QB, I think we, and, and maybe it was our fault. I think the, the, the bar here is very high for wide receiver play. And and I just thought we we I thought you'd see more as a group in like doing more um, with some of the opportunities, but there is you know this isn't I don't know if Jordan was responsible, but you know you know Cowan a lot of drops, a lot of oh yeah we talked about the yards after the catch not necessarily being there, um, and that's you know but I because at this point I would say. The three guys that are playing the best maybe right now, I, and Jordan is in that group. I think Koy Aiken and Miles Price are, are like – and then Xavier White had the monster catch the other day. But I don't – you know, so th- those and, – and I think, ironically enough, I think Koy and Jordan and, and Miles are three of the ones that started against BYU, and, and I think that's why. Um, so – but we hear you. You know, I, 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 I think he set out the Baylor game. Uh, and I, I think, uh, I think that's right. There, there was a game yeah. set out, and I knew he was very frustrated. And he's like, "Man, I'll, I'll be back soon." And I think Joey said it was like a hip issue, uh, or whatever. And so I can't remember exactly. There was in recent week or two, he, he had kind of missed some time. But um, no, I think he's turned a corner, and I don't think he'll be a walk on very much longer. I'll say that. I don't, I don't think that will. That will last uh, very long, uh, much longer, because I think he's really turned a page. I think he's matured, and he's got some some wiggle and juice to him. Yeah, and I think that you desperately like that. Hence the reason I think he's kind of pushed his way into starter slash let's let's try to get him the ball some more. Yeah, he was kind of the talk of fall camp at that position or among that group. Um, and yeah, he's way down the list of those who I'm consistently saying. Where are you at? I mean, there, there are guys. So anyway, he's way down the list. Like I told mama on YouTube, uh, I understand you defending your son. No problem with that whatsoever. But what I don't understand is the football team going three and five. And then a podcast host is getting chastised. The hell? <laughs> we ain't taking a snap yet, but we're yeah. glad you're out there. Thanks for the comment. Yes. And thanks for watching. We're always here. And she raised the, she raised a good young man. He's got a big old smile sure. on his face and I think he's got his best days are ahead of him. We're sticking with football as we wrap up the week coming up. Next, Tech is not taking part, but somehow some way the Big 12 will still have a football weekend. We'll take a look at the slate up ahead on Locked On Texas Tech. First, today's episode brought to you by Prize Picks, the most exciting way to test your skills and play daily fantasy sports and a great way to add juice to any game 
anytime. And if you've got the game, you can turn 10 bucks into 250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and a giant selection of players, projections, and stat categories are just part of what makes Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. So go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use our code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, right now, Prize Picks is going to match your first deposit up to $100 with the promo code locked on college at prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Daily fantasy sports made easy. Locked on at Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network with Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan, back to wrap up the week with a Big 12 whip around. This is a party the Red Raiders are not taking part in, but a few to consider. Either way, Chris, uh, beginning Saturday morning from Lawrence, Kansas, where Oklahoma is a road favorite. Minus 10 is the number I'm seeing here as they head to take on the Jayhawks. 7-0. Five and two for the Sooners and the Jayhawks. How do you like this one? Well, I, it, it sounds like uh, at the time that we're sitting here talking that Jalen Daniels won't play in this game. Uh, that's, at least that's kind of what I've seen, but I don't know if anybody ultimately knows. But Lance Leipold kind of indicated that uh, Jason Bean would get the starter. And that, that makes me tilt toward Oklahoma a bit. But I, I'll say this. Um, it's it's an early kick at home, which isn't ideal for the home team. But I, I'm I'm willing to bet you. I bet this is a sneaky close game, and I bet I bet like last week um, because I think Oklahoma is good. Don't you know? Don't I don't want anybody to be confused there. I just don't think they're like world beaters. I don't think they're like they can just show up and they're just going to roll. Uh, Kansas will make it very interesting and intriguing. And and what I thought it was interesting is is because I think we all agree Jalen Daniels is a difference maker for Kansas, but he's been out for two to three weeks now, and I think they're starting to get some criticism and like what's going on with him and does he even want to play? I don't know what's going on there. It's not my that'll be text problem here in about a week or so. Uh, <laughs> but what what Oklahoma State did with Kansas with Jason being a quarterback is they're like you got all these stud running backs and like. Uh, Devin Neal and Hyshaw and all these guys, and Bean is lightning fast. But they basically just said, you're not running it today. And so Bean threw for 400-plus and five touchdowns, but he made a key mistake at the end and threw an interception and ultimately allowed Oklahoma State to get out with a with a close win there. Uh, but that's kind of what I wonder here. Can Jason Bean avoid that mistake and make enough plays to keep his team in it uh, because I'm guessing Oklahoma will say, you know, not not going to run wild on us today. Uh, so we'll see. But I'll take Oklahoma. I'll, I'll say this. The spread is 10. I'll take Kansas plus 10. How about that? All right. Um, Houston K-State also kicking off that morning. But I think the other morning ball game possibly that's got my attention, Central Florida, West Virginia, because West Virginia was sitting there at 4-1. and one, Then all of a sudden a Hail Mary – and a loss to a team that lost to South Alabama later, they're not feeling like that anymore. They're four and three, and they're going to Orlando to take on a team that, you know, probably didn't deserve to win the game in Norman, but I'll be damned if they didn't almost uh, make enough plays to win that game against Oklahoma. I think this is a pretty tricky one for the Mountaineers, Chris. Uh, what do you think of either UCF West Virginia or K State Houston? 
sometimes it's about when you play people. And I think it was bad for West Virginia to play Oklahoma State at the time that they played them because Oklahoma State has now figured it out and they caught them right when they were in the process of. I think Ollie Gordon went, Ollie Gordon, the running back, went for like 248 up in Morgantown. Because I mean, the defense that we saw, it, it seemed very difficult. Like it was, and then they were healthier then at that point too. They suffered a lot of injuries when they played TCU. But also think that they're going to catch the it's bad time to be playing Central Florida right now <laughs> because it's in Orlando. I think that Central Florida has kind of started to get a little confidence back because they got their quarterback back. It's his first game back last week. I think all of a sudden they look very competitive in John Rice Pumley. And I think that and you, you, Central Florida is going to kick themselves if they don't get to a bowl game because of what they allowed Baylor to do to them on their home field. Yep. That is just one that they're going to go, can we not get, uh, you know, remember like PGO when you were playing flag football with your buddies or touch football, whatever, play goes over. Like, I mean, you know, like uh, uh, whatever you call it. Yeah, PGO, man. Hey, man, that, that's not fair. You can't do that. So we're going to redo the play. They would love one of those PGOs uh, against uh, against Baylor. But, uh, yeah, I'll, t- I'll take Central Florida here. I think they'll they may roll in this one, actually. Never heard of a PGO. We didn't have that on 28th yep. Street over in the oh, OFD. Yeah. It's kind of like um, a mulligan in golf, but yeah, it was like PGO yeah. whenever you're playing out in the street and you're, you know, whatever, tag okay. or whatever. Yeah. Might use that when I say the next stupid thing to the wife, which could be within the hour, uh, knowing the rate I typically work on. Uh, yes. How about how about this big number? 17 and a half at home for the Longhorns as they get the Cougars we just saw. BYU is sitting there at five and two, Chris, saying, somebody please respect us, but nobody... I don't guess media-wise is is wanting to do that. Sluggish, doesn't look all that pretty, but get a win last week, and they're one game away from bowl eligibility. 17 and a half is what I'm seeing today for the Longhorns at home. You think BYU can make it interesting at all with a little QB trouble now there for Texas? Maybe interesting, but really, I, I, I don't. Uh, I, I just think Texas has too much juice. I mean, and what's funny is, is BYU's got this crazy winning streak over or this great record over – over Texas in the times they played them. Cause I think they want to, I want to say they play like three or four years in a row. Taysom Hill would always just come out of nowhere and just light Texas up. Taysom Hill been in the NFL playing with the saints for years now. And he would just crush the Longhorns. I mean, just embarrass them. Um, and, and all those things. I want to say BYU was like four and one versus Texas. I don't know if that's all time or like in that recent time frame. I think Taysom Hill responsible for either three or four of those victories. They don't have Taysom Hill right now. I wasn't very impressed with them. It's very frustrating that you weren't good enough as Texas Tech to, to beat these guys. It tells you all you know you've turned it over five times, four on offense, one on special teams, and you're still within striking distance of these guys. Yes. Uh, they were just begging to, to be beaten or just trying to sit on the lead. I just think Texas has too much juice and, and no margin for error. Uh, and I think Malik Murphy, that experiment will be interesting Big giant dude, six six, like two thirty five. Has a cannon. Doesn't run great. Uh, maybe there's some mistakes that he makes, but I think if if there's any mistakes that he does make, old Arch Manning's sitting over there, uh, and and that will get the crowd all oh, yeah. lit up. Because I guarantee a lot of folks that will show up at, at DKR on Saturday will be hoping that Malik Murphy does screw up so Arch Manning can come in, and they will they want to be there to see it. But I just I, I think Texas will cover this one. I really do. I mean, Texas is still sitting at six and one. So uh, the soap opera is just beginning as far as the intrigue is concerned with the QB or anything else that might come 
that team's way. All right, join us on Monday as we will recap the weekend that was and look ahead to a short week for Red Raiders and Horn Frogs coming up from Jones Stadium as they are back in action from Lubbock. Thanks for joining us as always, and we hope to see you for the next round on Locked On Texas Tech.